concentrations of alpha acids, the class of chemical compounds responsible for a hop's bitterness. Noble hops are used primarily in lagers. American hops, on the other hand, are often used in more bitter beers, the American Pale Ale or an IPA. But pure American hops have gained a negative reputation among hop growers and brewers. As Patrick Reeves and Christopher Richards note in their 2011 discussion of wild North American hops, wild North American hops cannot be directly used in brewing because of undesirable chemical properties that produce excessive bitterness and objectionable aromas. Until Bates produced his pure American hops to commercial hop growers, any beer brewed with American hops used a hybrid hop, a genetic cross between a European hop and an American hop. But even hybrid hops are a relatively recent addition to the brewing landscape. Though hop cultivators in Europe were certainly selecting for certain growing characteristics, taste or hardiness, for example, there's no evidence for purposeful crossbreeding, especially between European hops and their American cousins. In 1892, an article in the Edinburgh Review made clear how Europeans felt about American hops. American hops may also be dismissed in a few words. Like American grapes, they derive a coarse, rank flavor and smell from the soil in which they grow, which no management, however careful, has hitherto succeeded in neutralizing. There is little chance in their competing in our market with European growth, except in season of scarcity and of unusually high prices. Then, in 1904, E.S. Salmon, a professor at Y College in the United Kingdom, did something rather revolutionary. He crossed a wild American hop with varieties of European hops growing in Great Britain. By combining an American hop with a European hop, Salmon discovered that he could coax certain desirable characteristics from the American hop, its bittering properties, for example, while maintaining the popular aromas of a European hop. His crosses quickly became darlings of the hop world and would remain the most widely used hop varieties through the 1970s. Historically, new hop varieties were bred as replacements for those already on the market, says Sean Townsend, assistant professor of hop breeding and genetics at Oregon State University. When a brewery identified a cultivar that worked well for their beer recipes, they were reluctant to change out that cultivar for fear of introducing undesirable flavors in the final product. Bringing a hop to commercial production is a lengthy process, taking at least 8 to 10 years of careful breeding and testing. Such a reluctance to experiment meant that, in the years following Salmon's Cross, there wasn't much innovation in the hop world. Hybrid hops were used in Europe and in America, but mellow European flavors still reigned supreme. Even as the craft beer revolution of the late 20th century began to expand the beer drinker's palate, favoring unique flavors over the traditional pilsner or lager, Hop varieties were still mainly crosses between European and American hops. Any beer currently available on the commercial market, from a Bud Light to a Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA, is brewed with hops that are either pure European stock or some hybrid cross between European and American. None are brewed with pure American hops. While the American beer market sold massive quantities of light lager, Todd Bates was busy making medicine and home brews from the wild American hop plant he found growing behind his mountain home. But in the mid-1990s, drought hit New Mexico's mountains, and Bates' preferred hop plant disappeared along with the rain. So he began to expand his search for wild hops, canvassing the mountains for days at a time in search of different types of Neo-Mexicanus. If he found a variety that appealed to him, whether because of aroma or growing quality, he would bring it back to his house and plant it in his backyard for easy access. After a while, 
Bates had amassed a collection of more than a dozen wild hops, and he began breeding his varieties together, trying to create a pure American hop that grew well and brewed even better. I'd grow thousands of plants and kill most of them, Bates says. I'm the opposite of most farmers. When he found a hop that he especially liked, he would try to make a beer out of it, learning the ins and outs of brewing from masters like Ralph Olson of Hop Union or Brad Krause, a New Mexico-based master brewer, along the way. Bates, with his biology background, treated the breeding and brewing almost like a science project, which his brewing mentors advised against. Ralph pretty much hammered me down and said, Listen, Todd, the only thing that matters is that it makes good beer. But Bates didn't trust his palate alone. He gave samples of his beer away for free, asking anyone from close friends to nuns at the Monastery of Christ in the desert, a New Mexico monastery which Krauss is associated with, what they thought of his fully American-hopped beer. Everyone kept saying, you should have a brewery. Best beer I've ever had in my life, he explains. And I got excited about it and said, well, let's try it for the whole hop industry.